What's up, everybody? Just wanted to have a quick little interruption here as there's something a bit more important than this podcast happening at the moment. As a co-founder of the Madhouse Podcast, I think I speak for the entire operation here when I say that we at the Madhouse Podcast fully support the Black Lives Matter movement. We hope to see these injustices brought to an end and change brought into our fair nation, and we hope that everyone at the protests are being safe. We hope that one day, everybody's truly treated fair and equally. I mean, as a group of white boys, we can't even really try to relate to the horrible experiences people of color have faced for way too long of a time. We hope that everyone helps us support the movement in ways that they can, such as donating to the Black Lives Matter movement using the link down below, or by giving some love and appreciation for a podcast we happen to enjoy ourselves, even if they only have teasers out. Doomsday Mixtape, also linked down in the description below. Thank you, everybody, for what you've done so far, or what you will do for this movement. And let's get back into this podcast. Stay beautiful, people. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Madhouse Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Connor Graham, with my fellow co-host, Ryan Byrne. What's up? And our guest today is Brendan Christie. Hello. And why don't you start off, Brendan? Tell us what's going on in the world. So, uh, as uh, people are just, like, looking on social media and everything for, like, uh, uh, news and all that, I stumbled upon uh, probably just a really exciting uh, article that I found. Uh do either of you know the RPG released by Giant uh, Game Studio? I believe it's the name. Uh, Kingdoms of Amalur. Wasn't what that... you mean the game you've been trying to get me to play since freshman year of high school? You're goddamn right. Made by <laughs> Bioware. Uh, no, it was not a Bioware game. No, uh, it was an EA. That's what it was. Same parent company. It was, uh, it's, yeah, close enough, but. Uh, uh, Kingdoms of Amalur is a fantasy RPG of where you are essentially an amnesiac uh, and you start to find out that you are unchained from fate itself. So you can make decisions and change the world. That's basically how they set up like, oh, hey, you have decisions. Uh, hey, but you can do things. Can So it's a first or third person game third person third person uh action rpg uh oh. of where you can just small selection of races and customization but uh the world itself massive uh but uh it's getting remastered and i am so excited for it because they're also saying that they might be adding a couple new things That's but as of right now it's just more of just like hey Graphic revamp, but also like uh, remaking uh, of assets and such. I even joined their Discord. Thank God, nice. I have been reading that literally all week. So, what was the like big thing about Kingdoms of Amalur that set it apart from other action RPGs when it first came out? Well, when it first came out, it actually didn't do too hot in terms of sales actually that's what caused the company to go bankrupt besides it spending i think somewhere close to like five million dollars on this project Ooh. oh damn because they got like top fantasy writers and uh like game designers from like every company that they like uh, specifically headhunted for and that's what uh, a lot of the money went towards as well as like just uh basically 
star uh, studded uh, staff for all of it. Uh, well, so they didn't uh, hold back in production whatsoever. They did not. And in my opinion, at least for an RPG that was released uh, around that time, it was released around the same time as like Skyrim and like Fable Three ish, I think. Hmm. Oh, Fable uh, Three, or at least, or at least within that like time frame of at least like five to eight years, uh, and uh, they sort of prided themselves on being able to uh, have this massive world of which it is completely massive. Uh, I still haven't explored all of it, um, and this is like my fifth playthrough. Uh, <laughs> oh man! And their variety of choice, because each uh, story beat has uh, like one or two, maybe sometimes three choices that you can choose, uh, and each one gives you a different uh, outcome, and each one will like uh, impact story gameplay in, like, either minor ways or big ways, depending on if it's, like, a major story beat or, like, a side quest stuff. But, and, uh, you have, instead of, like, classes, you just have your general skill tree, of which you then choose destinies, which further, uh, like, enhance. Say you're going for, like, a full stealth, you go full stealth and you get different bonuses for it. Full tank, you get bonuses for that. And, uh, but, something a little bit different, which Skyrim uh, had in uh, a little bit, in my opinion, but nothing too, like, crazy, or nothing as, like, specialized as Amalur. They had uh, cross-classes, because in Skyrim, you could be, like, a healing rogue, or a magic rogue, or whatever, but it didn't mesh all too well. You could be a healing rogue in Skyrim. But most of the time, it just evolved into, I'm going to sneak around with a bow and just headshot everyone. I can't At least for I me. I can't say I haven't done that. Uh, <laughs> I spam fire and then I swing the sword. Uh, my but, favorite was just, uh, let me summon everyone. All right, do it oh, again. Yeah. <laughs> the whole gang's here. And yeah. again. But for Kingdoms of Amalur, they had destinies, which were that those like specializations. And they had those cross between. So you had uh, war, uh, a war mage. You had your uh, uh, assassin was their like magic and stealth uh, cross class. And they uh, had uh, their uh, magic and uh, range, which was uh, more of like a duelist sort of uh, feel for it. And then if you wanted to, you could just go all three at the same time and become a universalist is the, like, top-tier class for that. And it was just like, oh, hey, yeah. So, uh, you want to be good at everything? Good, you're good at everything. And just that, like, sort of me being, like, 13, 14 years old when I first picked it up, because I got it on the original console it was made for, the 360. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, oh, I, the good old days of the 360. Literally, I, 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 like, played Skyrim for a couple of weeks, and was like, cool, I want another game, uh, though. Let's see what's out. And I was just at the mall with my family and everything. I ran over to the GameStop. Uh, and as we do. Yeah, as, as we do. And was just looking around. I had like $20 to my name and was like, perfect. Uh, let's see what I can get on the discount aisle. Yeah. That game was f- like 8 or 10 bucks when I picked it up. I literally looked at the cover saw someone wielding a 
big fuck off hammer and a shining glowing sword and my ADHD ass was like ooh <laughs> I see ooh, shiny, shiny. <laughs> I buy exactly and uh, gave the uh, turned the cover over read it a little bit I was like cool RPG I've been playing Skyrim let's get it <laughs> and I've proceeded to play that game so much and it has honestly become one of my favorite RPGs and I cannot wait for this remaster and I am so very excited to see what they have announced in the discord <laughs> so have they given a time frame on when the remaster is supposed to be released sometime this uh, year next year or something in between I believe uh, they were trying to get it out by like holiday this year or at least early next year okay this not I can see fourth quarter kind of thing Fourth quarter, yeah, because what they're doing, uh, basically, they just need to like update everything for uh, to run on a new engine that they're uh, putting it through, mm. or uh, at least just like uh, make all of the assets like as much as they can, yeah, uh, like as big and best as they can. I will say, bring yeah. everything up to snuff for twenty twenty. Uh, yeah, yeah. I will say, I really enjoy how games have started to go more towards the whole like quick turnaround from announcement to being available and, like, released. And them doing that, I think, is a really good idea. And it sounds like... I remember like... when we were younger, when they used to announce video games, and it's like, coming, summer, next year, and you're like, huh? <laughs> what? It is January! Uh, you're yeah. like, you got two years here that you get to run through until we get to play it. Uh-huh, and then they, uh, other games would just come out and, uh, like, that were uh, announced, like, a year or two prior, Ugh. that you're finally just like, oh, hey. Cyberpunk would like to have out. a word with you. Cyberpunk <laughs> would like to have a word with us. Cyberpunk would like to know your location. Uh, oh, boy. I feel like the alternative now is, like, being that that's becoming more regular, the whole, like, and you can play it now is that, like, equivalent of just, like, yeah, you can run out and, like, buy a copy of it or whatever. Yeah. But they can't do that with consoles. Uh, no. No, they cannot. Speaking of what should have been right now, E3. Yeah. Today's supposed to have been the second day of E3. It's... Or what would have been. It's weird, because E3 was going to be going on right now and, like, Normally, it's like, hey, everyone's talking about press conferences and, like, Nintendo Direct and, like, demos and all this stuff and learning about what's going to be coming out over the next year or two. And this was going to be a really big E3, too, because the new consoles were slated for later this year. Mm -hmm. But most of those have been delayed. But is there stuff that you guys were hoping to see at E3 in particular? For me, mainly, I was looking for more, you know, cheesy JRPGs or, you know, more details in the Pokemon DLCs and everything like that. Just kind of looking for, like, you know, stuff that I'd probably be into, whatever. I, I, I'm normally out of the loop when it comes to, like, news on most games or things like that. I'm normally never in the loop for them. I'm late to every party when it comes to news and everything like that, which is why you guys are usually bringing everything up to me to, you know, hey, how do you feel about this? Did you hear about this? Whatever. But... The lack of E3 and the lack of E3 news is definitely a noticeable gap. 
Like, there's definitely a noticeable difference between, holy shit, dude, no one's been posting about everything being released. No one's been posting about that. It's because no one knows. Yeah. Everyone's in the dark right now. I, the one thing in particular I was, like, really hoping to see if they had any details on a new God of War, because that last one was amazing. And seeing that, just, like, expand is still tough, because... They had a whole bunch of stuff that I was hoping to see, but now it's just, it's tough, because it, they still want to show stuff off, but they're holding off and stuff, and hopefully soon. Yeah. I, mean, I, honestly, feel... I, I commend uh, Sony for postponing their event in light of everything that's happening in America and everything like that. I, I honestly, props to Sony for being like, hey... Now's not the time to be celebrating a new console. We're trying to make some change in the world. So that, that was pretty cool, if you yeah, ask I mean, my opinion. Yeah, considering that there are protests even in Tokyo. Yeah. I am very excited seeing what they're going to show off as, like, their flagships for, like, hey, this is what we want USC to, like, buy our new consoles and stuff. I will say mm -hmm. I heard... PC Gamer was looking to hold a online conference, I want to say, later next week. And there was some leaks from that, actually, which were... So, it came out that supposedly during this conference they were going to show off Persona 4 Golden coming to PC, which... Oh, yes. There's never been Persona on PC. <laughs> So, it's the gateway for five. So many times I have had people from high school yell at me, you know, being like, yo, you gotta play Persona. You got PlayStation? Play that Persona. And I'm like, ha, sorry. Don't have any kind of consoles in my house. I'm a PC gamer. I may have, may not have been one of those people. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> totally. I, I, I love JRPGs. I admit, after sitting there and watching our friend David who, shout out to David, play uh, Adachi and you and some yeah. other characters from it and, and, and uh, BlazBlue cross tag in a tournament and watching him just go out there and have a blast and just completely wreck some people in a fighting game tournament. Uh, seeing Adachi and the type of character he is and seeing that you was voiced by Johnny Young Bosch. Uh, Johnny Young Bosch. You have sold me on Persona 4, and uh, I'm about to pick that up as soon as it drops. Haha, uh -huh, you. I'm excited, and I think it's really going to be right up your alley, especially you saying how you're, you normally are excited for JRPGs. Persona is like my quintessential. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... I mean, like Brendan said, hopefully this could be a gateway to get Persona 5, among other oh, Persona games, probably yeah. onto PC. Because Persona 5 seems, like, ridiculously fun and ridiculously cool. And I would love to play it, but I'm not about to go out there and spend hundreds of dollars on a PlayStation 4. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but also, at the same time, it's, like, we may never get it, but, uh, like, in, uh, like, light of things, uh, hopefully uh, just coming out of the woodworks, we'll never see it coming. It's supposedly their plan was to show it during the conference and then have it available that day to download on Steam. So oh, shit. 
the date they were looking at was June 13th, and the conference is still set to be streamed on that date, so here's hoping. There hasn't been anything besides, I think they might have data mined some stuff from the Steam store of it, and I think that's how they initially found the leak, but Persona just has a very cool art style that I haven't seen many games replicate, and it just, the music, it's on par with Cowboy Bebop for me. It's Man, that's saying a lot. And each yeah. game has music that's representative of the like theme that it's trying to give off, which is so cash. So, I... g- given how you two have played Persona 4, or mm-hmm. are knowledgeable on the topic, give me a rundown as someone who's never played it before. Like, what am I getting into <laughs> when I pick up Persona 4? Uh, kind oh, of like boy. a life's... Uh, one, a handful of yeah. just juggling things, because like the rest of the Persona games, uh, you still have to live a normal life. And if you don't get things done, there will be repercussions. So, But there are also things you want to do. The biggest difference about Persona compared to other JRPGs that I've noticed is the way that they tie in having these, like, day-to-day interactions with characters that is just, like Brennan was saying, more of, like, a life type of thing. You build up what's called confidants with specific characters that, as they strengthen, like, those confidants are each tied to different... I guess the best way to explain it would be similar to a confidant is like a type in Pokemon, where it's like how Pokemon, there's like an ice type. There would be a character that has a confidant that would be, and just like, for example, it would be like, hey, this is the ice confidant, and it will grow as you spend time with that character and like grow as like closer friends and stuff. You then have a stronger like type pretty much that you can use during the battles which in persona 4 their whole thing is the midnight channel is that right yeah midnight channel yeah. <laughs> midnight channel i got i for a second i was like midnight hour no that's the third one no murders big murders but midnight channel is basically your character goes into a tv and it's a whole nother world and in that world you can summon a persona, which is basically stand from JoJo. yeah, yeah. It's it's a stand from JoJo that you're like, yo, dude, come help me out, and he just shows up and he's like, yo, I'm gonna hear a kick ass and take names, you know, and he just shows up and like his abilities and stuff. It's a turn based like combat similar to Pokemon, but there's deeper stuff where it's uh, more story and like getting to know these characters and have, like, attachment with them and, like, see what their, like, you know, their faults are and, like, how you help them, like, grow. And So it's Cyber Chase meets Dating Sim meets Pokemon. Yeah, that's pretty close, actually. It's really cool. You have me sold on just that. And the fact you have to manage a normal life on top of it, because I can barely do that now. So throw in some supernatural shit, and we'll see how that goes. Oh, yeah. And the previous games, each one has, like, a different style of how they handle, like, how you're getting into combat. So, like... And different color palette. 
Yes, which <laughs> I love that whole idea. And Primary they show it in spin. Smash. They do. But the big thing with how they're doing... Basically, in Persona 3, which was the first one I played, the way that, like, you would summon your Persona was they have what's called an invoker, which is a gun that your character would literally just shoot himself with, and it would summon the Persona to fight for you. And in Persona 4, when you're in the Midnight Channel, the way you summon it is you literally just, like, crush a card that is like creating the persona to appear and there's i want to say there's over like hundreds of personas in there that you can use as enemies and all of them have their own like special style like their own designs and there's really cool stuff where like during school you could be like doing class and stuff and like growing your character upping their level and like their intelligence or their guts and stuff and that then unlocks like different personas that you can use later on hmm i mean you've sold me on it oh yeah i'll tell you that now it's just the sugar cup the similarities with persona and pokemon are similar but also they are like different in their own ways that make it feel very unique and cool and no one's going to have like the exact same experience going through with like oh who are you like getting closer with with your confidants and like how you're learning to play so it's a unique experience for everyone who goes through it oh yeah because it's basically a personality test yeah in the video. Oh, very much so just like shopping I mean, that sounds cool. I would say similar in uh, everyone having their own unique experiences. Uh, we've been playing Pokemon a lot. We have been, in preparation for the, uh, the DLC dropping soon. Which, I have no idea what could even be in that DLC. No one does. Uh, I have seen some stuff, and quite honestly... It's pretty cool. It's I'm pretty sure the first one is the Isle of Armor. And that then the second cool. one is the Crown Tundra, I want to say. Something yes. like that. Isle um, Crown. But if I remember correctly from what I've seen, the Isle of Armor is like this cool kind of like dojo island where you fight like this Pokemon master in like a tower or something. It's a whole battle tower kind of situation. But... On top of that, they're adding in a whole bunch of new Pokemon, some of the old ones that they couldn't import before due to size issues. <laughs> but, um, you know, they're adding those in. They're adding new forms, like Galarian's Slowpoke <laughs> is uh, getting evolutions, where I'm pretty sure the shell on his arm turns into a poison gun. Wait, what? He... Yes. Slowpoke uh, with a gat? And he fires... <laughs> poison out of his arm cannon i just imagine oh. Slowpoke trying to reload just like <sighs> oh imagine Slowking though uh galarian Slowking, i think is also going to be a thing though i'm not God. entirely sure i'm oh, not man. entirely sure oh um, they better but on top of that there's also uh galarian forms of all three of the legendary birds so zapdos articuno oh, and moltres where Articuno is now a psychic type, 
with a very cool owl design. Uh, yeah. Zapdos is a fighting type where he's a roadrunner type thing. Uh, and Moltres is a dark type where he literally burns people with dark energy. Oh, Those sound God. awesome. Um, Moltres and, is my favorite bird. On top of that, there's two new Regis being added, which is, uh, I think it's... Oh, Dragon? God. It's Dragon and Electricity, but I can't yeah. remember their names. I think it's Reggie Drag or something like that. Uh, and... Reggie Zap. Reggie's, it's, it's not <laughs> Reggie Zap, but it's something of similar regard. But there are two new Reggies being added. One Dragon type, one Electric type, and Aww. they both have their own special moves and everything, which is really cool. I'm so Reggie. Uh, and I'm pretty sure there's a new legendary being added with the DLC that you'll find. And I think it's like a fighting bear type that has two different forms with two different styles where one is like a fist based flurry of blows kind of a style. And one is like a slow but powerful kick kind of things. I'm pretty sure is what it is. But honestly, I'm just having fun playing through Pokemon again, trying to get ready for this DLC. And oh, yeah. Uh, I think I hope at least that you guys have been having a fun time with it too. I've been having a blast for days, sitting very in the much so. playing it together. It's really fun because like I haven't played a Pokemon game since X and Y, and like they've made big changes over the past few. That like seeing them actually executed, the idea of like us doing raids where like. We're getting together and getting a group so we can all try and catch, like, you know, Gigamax uh, <laughs> Snorlax because he's just chilling with a tree on his stomach, like, <laughs> doing stuff like that and, like, us wonder trading and, like, seeing what we can get and, like, it's been really cool and, like, different and you're playing on, the both of you are playing on Shield, right? Yes. So, I gotta start you know, whoring out my Pokemon for you guys, filling out our dexes. Yeah, them, them sword uh, exclusives. Uh, what's the best starter out of this generation? Uh. That's kind of rough, honestly. I don't like, if I'm honest, I don't like any of the starters from this gen. Uh, <laughs> I... I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this, but Cinderace sucks. Uh, it's just a soccer rabbit, and I don't give a fuck about no soccer rabbit. Uh, Rillaboom is pretty cool because it's a monkey with drums. Tycho, Tycho drums, motherfucker. And that's really cool. I love it. Uh, Sobble, I really like Sobble as a starter, but the evolutions suck. I, dude, we How started. You sad lizard baby to James, to emo edgelord man, to James uh, Bond lizard. It's, How does this happen? It's weird because. I did not see any of the, like, evolutions before we started. And I was like, yeah, Sabo looks cool. He's, like, a little sad lizard. And then seeing him evolve, I'm like, no, go back, go back, please. I can't do this. <laughs> I never should have evolved him. And, like, I'm coming from someone that initially I used to always go fire type. And then at a point I was just like... Well, Squirtle was my favorite starter from the original. You're damn right. Bulbasaur. And I, look, Bulbasaur is good. And I can Bulbasaur. respect the choice. At least it's but not the Charmander. The squad. 
Charmander's overrated. Charmander's very overrated. Half the reason why you would choose Squirtle is so you can fuck over anyone that chose Charmander. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong entirely. <laughs> I would be. I have enjoyed Pokemon thoroughly and seeing the differences in like the gyms where it's like you had a whole different type gym that you had to fight where I was fighting literally the fighting type gym and seeing you go up against the ghost type leader. The designs on them are really cool. I will say, Milo is a Dorito, and I stand by that one hundred percent. You leave my simple, kind-hearted farmer boy alone. <laughs> Look at Milo; his chest goes from this to just out, and dude's ripped. He's got a heart of gold, but he looks like a Dorito. And I will show a picture of Milo and a Dorito now. <laughs> Just to prove my point. I'm hurt. Oh. I'm hurt. Yeah, he had to do it to him. I gotta say, though, as someone who has played through Sword and then made the switch to Shield, I honestly just much prefer Shield. And I didn't think I would notice the difference at first, but, like, it, there's slight changes. They're very slight changes. There's barely anything you're gonna notice. It's two gym leaders and a couple Pokemon. But... I don't know, man. Just for some reason, little ghost boy and cool, you know, ice minute late, like ice lady versus angry fighting girl and crybaby rock man. The difference is palpable. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Like, no hate, no hate on B or Gordy. No hate on them, but totally hate on them because Alistair and Melanie are better. <laughs> Nessa has been a favorite of mine so far, and oh man, I can't remember her name. Uh, whoever the fire type one, Kabu. 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 I like his design. His character. The writing is not the best, in my opinion. No. <laughs> Kabu's dedication incarnate, but it comes off very badly through the translation. Oh yeah. Kabu shows up and is like, "Good job." Are you leaving? I am proud of you. You can leave now. <laughs> yeah. It's really okay. cool seeing the different forms for, like, Galarian ones. And although some of them are not the best, I still really enjoy seeing the effort they put into making them. And, like, they do feel unique. Except for, you know, like, a few. Which... <laughs> I don't think the base Zigzagoon Galarian is that interesting. Uh, how are you going to do the boy like that? I did take they a peek. They gave him a whole new evolution. I took a peek at that evolution, and I do think it is really cool. I will say, uh, Galarian, your mask is... Uh, hey, your mask holding a rock. <laughs> Instead of a mask, he's holding a rock. Uh. It's been cool, though, seeing all of them. I gotta say that going into it, I was originally very skeptical about Dynamax and, like, Gigantamax. I didn't know how I'd feel about it. I didn't know how I would like it, whatever. But I honestly, as someone who liked Mega Evolution but found getting the stones really annoying, 
and like having yeah. to go out of the way to like wiki how to get the stones or look at videos or tutorials and have to go you go to this rock at midnight exactly and you'll find it <laughs> sitting on the top of it you Dude. have to spin six times in a row do six paces right and then it will appear and you have to fight the stone itself like <laughs> it's stuff like that that you had to do like mega evolution was cool don't get me wrong i love the idea of changing forms of pokemon Dynamax and Gigantamax to me are much cooler because, hey, dude, I don't have to go that far. I could literally just go to a rock and maybe I get lucky and there's a Gigantamax, you know, Pokemon around that I could just hang out and fight. And suddenly Snorlax is 10 times bigger and has a whole ecosystem growing on his stomach. <laughs> you know, maybe Charizard looks 10 times cooler and has flames bursting out of him. Maybe Machamp is on crack cocaine and is now like an actual like crack fiend with Machamp. literal power flowing through his veins. Oh, Machamp literally, you see his veins just different color, just like it. Pulsating with energy. Dude his is swole. He, see, he's not on regular crack. He's on that rainbow crack. I will say Machamp is skipping leg day. I'm disappointed uh dude really like you look at the gigamax machamp and dude's got some like skinny legs dude hasn't yeah, been look. doing his job for it he's, he's got those slim thick tights on but it doesn't make <laughs> up for it. it doesn't make up for the skipping of leg day never skip leg day i really do think my favorite gigamax though it was just like seeing <laughs> You'd be like, yo, you want to fight this Gigamax Snorlax? And me being like, yeah, sure. And then us loading in and me just seeing the tree growing out because he's just chilling, just like, oh. You ate too many watermelons. Snorlax looks like the type of Pokemon to give the best hugs. Of course. You gotta, anytime I see a Snorlax, you just gotta hug him. Oh, yeah. See? I will refer to the Scooch meme that has uh, become so popular as of late. Uh, me, my girlfriend, and her $500 Mega Evolved Gigamax uh, Snorlax. That's that's what I imagine in my head is just like the trainer, someone, and then just like the uh, Snorlax right there. Reading some of the sizes for the Pokemon have surprised me too. Like seeing nine foot one. Dude, him being nine foot one, I'm like, this dude would tower over me. Like, he would kill me. He uh, is a force. He's the type of guy that, like, yo, he bumps into your girlfriend. Like, you don't know what to do there. Like, you can't do anything. Like, body. I, I really have enjoyed Pokemon, and I hope to see them continue to do more, like, interesting evolutions and, like, introducing different forms. Because I think the different forms have been a breath of fresh air that Pokemon really needed. And they're putting them out, and they really do feel wholly unique, where, like, you can still have a rough idea on who it is, but you know there's something different. Like, Ponyta and, like, Rapidash and stuff, like... They look really cool how, like, they're changing up the types on them and stuff. Yeah, I know some of them are from past games. And especially because nowadays, every time a Pokemon game comes out, there's people being like, oh, look at this Pokemon. Did they even put any creativity into it? Did they even try? <laughs> that's the like, garbage Pokemon, right? <laughs> that's the that's key ring Pokemon. Did they? Was this the doormat? 
That's just a Is sword. that one just snow cone? Come on! That's just a vanilla ice cream cone! That's not very creative! They probably just went to the local Dairy Queen and got hungry! <laughs> it's, uh, it's really cool to see that maybe instead of creating new things, they just need to take a step back, take some ones that maybe weren't as cool as they could have been, and spin them into something cool. Take little Zigzagoon, who's just a little raccoon boy, and make him this rock and roll king. Yeah. And Take Ponyta, like, which is a fire horse of, you know, cool-ass proportions, and make it a fluffy unicorn. Why not? Why not? <laughs> let, let you live your life, Game Freak. I love seeing all of these changes to them, and, like, the different types that they're putting onto them, like, really giving it a different style of play for what you normally would be like, oh, you know, that's just a fire type. That doesn't do anything interesting. It's just fire. And being like, nah, that's fairy now. And yeah. it's just like, hold up, what? Like, <laughs> that's not shooting fireballs? They turned Domanitan into a snowman? Oh, God, yeah. like you told me earlier, now uh, Mawile is a steel and fairy. I was like, what? Yeah. Considering the last Pokemon I game uh game I played before this was Omega Ruby. It's like it's just the little things, man. It's the fact that people have been giving them so much shit over their creativity over the past couple of games and like it's you have no idea how hard it is to sit down and create 80 new species from scratch. I really but, have enjoyed the quality of life stuff that they've put in too. The flying taxis. I, flying taxis, EXP share. Not having it be like, oh, Just I need natives. to turn this on and stuff. Or like, oh, this one Pokemon, like in Heart Gold and Soul Silver, which I think are the best. Uh, seeing them, like, have it be like, yeah, now you have that ability to be like, oh, you know, I got a Magikarp. I'm not going to be there throwing him out and then swapping in this other one all the time. That like, takes too much time. That's annoying. I it, want that. Yeah. EXP candies that you can get from the raid battles and stuff. So just really, hey, oh I have God. 60 I have 64 medium <laughs> XP candies for some reason. Let me just up three different Pokémon all the way fully. Dude, like, at one point I was sitting there and I was like, I have 16 candies. That's a lot. And then you are like streaming your screen and I look and you're like, I got 60 of them. And I'm like, dude, how? I got 66 medium. And you were like, how do you have that many? I'm like, I have no idea. You're just, you're just force feeding candies into your Pokemon's mouth until. I, we had the talk. We had the talk. What flavor is rare candy? I what really... flavor is rare candy? Rare candy has to be mystery favor, in my opinion. I'm thinking like a like that that pineapple pale kind of flavor, or just sugar water flavor. Uh, it's the rock candies you got growing up as candy, a kid. Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of just feels like one of those like plain rock candies. You know what? If you're watching this right now, you're watching this podcast right now. Comment down below what flavor is rare candy from Pokemon. I want to hear it right now. I don't care how dumb you think your answer is. I want to hear it. But then again, we only see the wrapper. We don't see what's on the inside. That it's is gotta true. It's got to be a blue wrapper with a white candy inside. What it's if it's a see-through wrapper? Never thought uh, about it like that, have you? Uh, <laughs> big brain. Game freak. Blueberry. Blueberry. The, the, the real mystery's here. He must know. That's, that's all I need to know. 
is what flavor <laughs> rare candies are. And I think with that, we're going to end this episode of the Madhouse podcast. We're having a little short one today to clear the airwaves for some more important things happening. And I think we're going to keep doing this for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Or and whatever, just to give more time for more important matters to be aired because we're not that important. We just do this for fun. <laughs> and, you know, we're all, obviously we're thankful for you guys' support and everything, but there's more important things. And so I want to say thank you so much. Uh, I'm Connor Graham, one of the co-hosts. You can find me on Instagram at Graham with periods in between. That's D-A dot B-O-Y dot G-R-A-H-A-M. And you can find me on Twitch at Madboy Streams. Uh, my co-host Ryan Byrne. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the Rhino One Hundred. I'm also on YouTube at the Rhino, which I actually have a video coming out very soon. I just did not feel it was the right time to be putting something out at the moment, but I think a lot of people will enjoy it. And Brendan, want pimp your uh... stuff? I uh, still just the same thing as normal. I uh, you can find me on Instagram at synthetic lens, synthetic.lens and uh, I'm hopefully going to be posting more stuff this weekend because I've been taking a lot of pictures as of late. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much everybody for watching. We always always appreciate your support. Have a beautiful night. This has been the Madhouse podcast. <laughs>